there's not really going to be an introduction this week. It's just quick and simple. That's Chris. Hi. That's Kevin. Hello. My name's Gav. Uh, uh, you know, this is the Coast to Coast Expanded Universe podcast show music for your ears. Um, Neth isn't here this week. She's out doing stuff. So roll, roll the music. Hello and welcome to episode 171 of the uh, Coast to Coast Expanded Universe. I forgot the name of the goddamn show for a second there. The Coast to Coast Expanded Universe podcast. You saw the look on my face as I just realized, oh shit, I don't remember what the fuck the show's called. Uh, We've only been doing this for, what, five years? With a name change, though. Yikes. Yeah, there's a a name change in there, yes, but we've only been doing this for how many years and I still can't remember fucking names. Um, Hello, Kevin. Hello. Hello, Christopher. Hello. Hello, Neth out in the void, who's not here right now. But yes, uh, this is the Coast to Coast Expanded Universe podcast, uh, and we're here. It is uh, Saturday, July 16th. How is everybody doing? Groovy. Groovy? Life is pain. Life is pain? Uh, Well, you know, uh, suffering is part of the Eightfold Path, so... Um, yeah. How's, uh, how's everybody's last couple of weeks been? Man, it's been great. Love and life. You sound so so defeated. You sound so defeated when you said that. And I just, I just, uh, that was beautiful. Um, Chris, Chris, you seem to have just an absolute pile of stuff you've done in the last couple of weeks. So why don't you go ahead and uh, regale us with the stories about it? Oh, oh, okay. Um, I didn't fill that up. No, um, you didn't, Jackass. That's why I called you out first. Let's see. What have I done? I have played Final Fantasy. Yeah. Fucking around with it. Just yeah. getting mounts, playing, getting relic, murdering people. Get some uh-huh, gigs. Uh-huh, all the uh-huh. jazz. Uh, your games of League. Fuck the new hero. She's a cow. I'm glad she's already been nerfed. Um... Work, lots of work, and I murdered half half my populace on Frostpunk. That's about it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was murder. Um, yeah, murder is always good. That's that's a joke to the FBI agents listening to me. Um, Kevin, what you been up to, Bubba? Um, what I've been up to is playing Heroes of the Storm way too much. Um, I started with ARAM, and I played, I don't know, probably 50 matches of ARAM over the course of the past few weeks. And then I decided to jump into the deep end and do Storm League. And so I was playing ranked matches. I've lost four in a row so far. Well, considering that there's no one really playing the game anymore, so... It's true. It's all just AI bots. Uh-huh. Telling me... <laughs> the AI hey, bots trash. are so good these days. They're like... 
calling me out on talent choices. So yeah, it's uh, there. It's it's still, it's still heroes. Still makes me want to uninstall the game. Yeah, it's a MOBA. That's what they do. They make yeah. you hate video games and yourself. It makes you feel really shitty about yourself at the end of the yeah. day. Feel dirty. And then I wind up shouting profanity, and then LB is like making fun of me because he loves when I get angry at video <laughs> games. As LB was right to do, to call yep. you out and laugh at you. Yep, that's what LB does. And then last night, LB played the quarry for us, and Mandy and I, and then Gav and Hot Dog popped in for a hot minute, but we are like three or four hours into the game now, I think. And the game plays like a movie that you make choices. Yeah. Um, if this was an actual movie, this would be very, a very, very long movie. <laughs> yes. They get into well, a lot of detail. Well, that's the thing. It's that, 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 that is sort of a, um, it's just like most video games could be movies. Like think about final fantasy 14. Think about, wow. Think about, um, what else Did we really like have to play? say WoW's story is like a movie? Because it's more like a fucking Z-rate movie. <clears throat> it's a movie. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that you like playing, Kevin, and I can't think of anything. But yeah, like movies are sort of like... Video games are a lot like movies. If, if they're a narrative-rich game. That's yeah. one thing, actually. You, you asked me earlier what, what would get me back to WoW. If they actually give a damn about the story, that's another question. That's another one. <laughs> Talk about that later, though. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about that is we're finally getting into, like, after, I don't know, after probably half the game where everything is very secretive and you don't know what's going on, they're finally starting to realize or to reveal what's going on in the story. Okay. So I feel like we're getting to the good part, and it only took three hours to get there. (laughs) but. Yeah, I mean, the it's part where they start game. murdering teenagers. Um, they well, kind of. I don't want to spoil anything. It, um, it's a slasher movie, Kevin. They're gonna start murdering teenagers eventually. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I can see that's coming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one of the things that we are doing. Okay. Um, okay. other than that, a lot of uh, we've been trying out different gyms in real life, like going to gyms and taking classes and some of them really beat the shit out of you. So I I wish I had the free time to be able to go to the gym. (laughs) Yeah. Making time to exercise feels like a chore. It always does. It always has. It's, it's more because I I work a manual labor blue collar job in construction. So I don't. Yeah. So you're getting your exercise. I sit on my ass all day. So. I, but the problem is that when I come home, I spend all day sitting on my ass. <laughs> you know, so it, yeah. it, it balances poorly. <laughs> yeah, What's so that's been. I remembered something too. else I did. I watched Stranger Things 4. Oh, cool. What'd you think? Really good. It was real fucking good. Yeah. Interesting. I'm very excited for the next season. And people are being really stupid and idiotic about it. Are they? Did they say how many seasons they're going to have total? Is the next one the last one? One more. Season okay. five is the last one. Okay. I'm. I'm. Well, uh, I'm pissed. Have... I'm... Go ahead. Yeah. 
They're going to have to. Their, their kids are getting too old. That was good. That's exactly where I was going with it. You knew exactly where I was going with that. They're they're definitely aging out of those roles. I'm pissed at the internet in general, though, because one of the major things over the last few seasons has been Will's story, uh, his coming to terms with who he is and all that jazz. Okay. And people have been very... Well, why just come out and say it? But it's not how it fucking works. It's oh, never it's been how it fucking works. It's the same thing. It's like people get upset about shit, and it's like it's period. You have you have to you have to think about the historical period in which it was done. Not even yeah. not even taking the historical period into context, though. A story like that, it's not just a case of one day you go, oh, I'm this. And then tell everybody you know. That's not how it fucking works. Mm. Anybody who's part of the LGBT community will tell you that. Well, I, I, I equate people being stupid with the. I've never seen the show. Never watched it. Did not find it interesting at all. Like the one or two episodes I watched. Um, but I heard that there was a lot of backlash with the show because it showed a lot of people smoking. That's what and happened like, back then. In that, in that time frame, people smoked everywhere. I, I'm waiting for, for in I'm, the mall. On, yeah, I'm honestly waiting for one day for there to be a movie about slavery and people complaining about too much slavery in that in that movie. Hot take there. That is a it's white hot take. spicy take. It's true though. That is, that is a white hot take, Christopher. It's true though. A movie, if a movie I, is depicting a specific time time part of part of history. Be authentic about it. I'm not saying, oh, show everything that was horrible and garbage, but you cannot complain about something that happened in that time being depicted as historical accuracy. Yeah. So, Chris, I'm just going to say um, you stumbled right there, and it sounded like you were saying dick pics, and I was I thought it was really funny. I stumbled a lot there, and sure, send me dick pics. I don't care. Um, but it's, just, it's just a case of the... The very particular story that is being told in Stranger Things is super authentic for anybody who's actually part of that community. You understand exactly what what is happening here. And it is extremely authentic and done and extremely well done. I can guarantee you most of the people complaining are straight people who have no idea about any of that shit. Eh, well that okay, so I'm actually gonna argue that and I'm gonna tell you that that is People are bad at understanding that groups are not monoliths. Okay? You're saying it's mostly straight people, but you don't know the makeup there. Because that's the thing, is that groups are not monoliths. You cannot paint a, an entire group with a, with a single brush stroke. You cannot say that everybody does this and everybody does that. That's an absolute, and only Siths deal in absolutes, Christopher. I am a Sith, though. I know, but it's, 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 I would 100% have killed those kids. <laughs> it's a, it's a Whoa. logical fallacy. <laughs> you are, you are on, you are on, uh, you are on fire today, Christopher, uh, much I like know. those kids were, um, <laughs> lightsabers burn. Okay. That's what, what happens. was the order? Right? Order sixty six. Order sixty six. I would have. I would have completely. I would have completely thrived Excellent. in that situation. Sixty six. Um, but yeah. Wow. No. Um, 
it's you can't paint an entire group as a monolith. The, the every group has their individuals within it, and you have no, to recognize the individuals rather than the the overarching group because that overarching group is doesn't exist. I just find it very difficult to 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 see somebody who's potentially been through what the characters are going through there and seeing that it is a, an un, unrealistic representation of that scenario. It might be inauthentic to someone else's lived experience. It's like, that's the thing, is that they can only paint, they can only look at things through the lens of what they've experienced. So it, it's, I'm not saying that you're wrong. What I'm saying, though, is that it's, you can't paint a broad swath across something um and say that this has got to have been xyz that's fair i'll take that that's fair yeah now i'm not i'm not saying you're wrong in what you're saying mm-hmm. and yes it's probably a lot of uh, it's probably quite a few people that have not lived that experience but it's wrong to say that it can only be a single group saying that I didn't say it was only a single group. I said it was. You said it majority. was all straight people. <laughs> I said it was probably majority straight people. Let's be let's be frank. Well, <laughs> let's just say people who haven't lived that experience. That's what yeah, you're saying. No, I think that's fair. It's like, yeah, because that kind of that kind of that that de-escalates, you know, painting it as a single group and says that it's like, oh, well, this is people that don't have experience living this kind of life. Because there are there are people in 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 the LGBTQIA plus communities that have not lived that experience. So, but Chris, you're saying having experienced yourself, you thought that the show is correctly showing how it works. I didn't come out to my family until I was 21. It it's it. What I think Chris is saying is that it's a more nuanced portrayal that is more accurate to reality in his experience. Yes, there we I go. see. Um, so me, I for the last couple of weeks, I played through the core gameplay loop of Hard Space Shipbreaker, um, <clears throat> the Union Strong, um. And I played through, just finished last night, the core gameplay loop for um, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Um, so at this point, I am now just in grinding uh, in Monster Hunter uh, for so, so, so much gear. Nice. Um, that's really been about it. I've jump on, I play ARAM and League of Legends and around a little bit I, I haven't had a chance to finish playing final fantasy 7 because yeah i just i've been playing monster hunter rise and finishing shipbreaker because i bought a game for myself for once i spent I, I saved some money i set some money aside and i bought a game for myself and then all of a sudden like everybody i know starts giving me games and i'm like fuck you people i just, i bought this game because i want to be fucking 12 again you pieces of shit. I love you all very dearly, but I just want to be 12 again on Christmas Day, fucking booting up my PlayStation, playing fucking Final Fantasy. You okay, I, buddy? That, uh, just, just, I, I'm, I'm okay. But it's just like, yeah, that's, I, getting Final Fantasy 7 is just like, 
Yeah, I was it was 97, I think. I was yeah, 12 years old and yeah, that was that was something my parents saved up for most of a year, uh, most of the year, uh, scrimping and saving and bought my twin brother and I a PlayStation and bought us Final Fantasy seven. And that was like, yeah, I, I wanted to relive some of that. And I did relive a little bit of that. It's been it was a, it's been a fun game so far. I just haven't had a chance to actually get through it. I think I'm in chapter nine. Which is I think you're ahead of my replay. I just got out of Wall Market. Yeah, you're ahead of my replay. I've only just met up with Aerith for the first time. Um, but yeah, that's about all I've really been doing. Um, just a lot of lot of stuff working around in the home and doing shit like that. So, but yeah. Um. Nobody checked feedback, so I don't really give two shits about that. But I do have a shout out. So Kevin's going to go look up SoundCloud while I'm doing this shout out. I know him. That's the look on his face right now that I can see. Those of you not watching this, he is 100% sitting there going, I'm going to go in and get that right now real fast. Um, you very uh, monotone when you did that. Yeah, I know. I tried very hard. Um, I just wanted to give a just wanted to give it just a general shout out to our good uh good buddy good pal uh Carrie um to listen people who've listened for a while or been hung out in our discord you know you y'all know who Carrie is um and just stand up guy good dude just you fucking awesome thumbs up much love yeah Um, I, I will give Kevin a minute of silence so that he can figure that out. I have it. In the last 30 Yay. days, we have listeners from the U.S., Sweden, South Africa, Canada, and New Zealand. Okay. Wee-wees. There we go. There we go. There we go. We were so organized this week, guys. We're so good. Oh yeah. All good. And and fians and there there's uh, we got uh, we got a fian. A fian. Fian. Swarm. Yeah yeah uh, yeah. Blue blues from Finland. Yep. We we've got Swarmy. He's in my FC. Yes. Swarmy. Hello. He's my cat daddy's husband, though. Ah, yes. Um, so we didn't have a whole lot of stories this week. There were only a couple of things that I really, we really wanted to talk about on that. We're kind of going to talk about some something a little bit off the cuff for the main topic. But um, I just wanted to mention that Monster Hunter uh, Rise Sunbreak moved 3 million units in its first less than two weeks. <clears throat> Noise. It's really good. It's selling like gangbusters. Um, it, I think that further solidifies the Capcom position that, hey, maybe PC should be a primary market after the after the mass, not not the primary market, but a primary market um, after how ridiculously well Iceborne and Monster Hunter World did for PC. And the fact that Monster Hunter is Capcom's highest selling franchise, it is their best selling franchise. It beats every other franchise they have. Um, 
I think that maybe this gives us a little bit more hope that, you know, we'll see more of the launch parody stuff uh, because Rise didn't come out until a year on PC until a year after it launched on Switch. So super happy about it. Um, yeah. Uh, Kevin. Yep. You want to talk about that game? You, you, Let's talk about that game. You, 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 you're going to talk about that game. You're going to talk about that game? All right. Dead game gets even deader. Heroes of the Storm, if you're not familiar with what we call it. Um, this past week got an update, which is its final update, because they will not be creating new content for it anymore. There was a... Oh, they, weren't create, they weren't creating new content, but they've run out of content to add now. Yes, they ran out of the stuff that was in the pipeline. Yep. So going forward, Heroes will be supported in a manner similar to other long-standing games like StarCraft and StarCraft II, quotes Blizzard. In the future, we'll continue seasonal rollouts and hero rotations, and while the in-game shop will remain operational, there are no plans for for new purchase content to be added. Future patches, future patches will focus primarily on client sustainability, bug fixes, and balance updates. So they are done with heroes in terms of new stuff forever. Which, as a point to that, what is the point of balance updates? Like, surely if you don't give a damn about it at this point, why do you I care about the balance of the game? I think it's less balance updates, and I think it's more like, oh, hey, somebody finally figured out some broken ass interaction that we hadn't realized existed. We're going to fix that. And that's going to be it. Yeah. I would assume that's, that's my guess. Case. It's less like a balance and more like, Oh, Hey, there's a game breaking thing here. We're going to take care of that. And that's about it. Right. Something that's so egregious that they have to step in and do it or people stop playing. It's, it's like Diablo goes up to like a 90% win rate because somebody fight, figured out an interaction that they hadn't figured out three years ago kind of thing. Yeah. But like, oh. We spoke about... if, if someone is like 1% better than someone else, I doubt they're going to sit there and analyze it and try to figure out how to tweak it. Yeah. This is this is pure maintenance mode. This is a team five, team three, team three. I think it is that does it, maintenance that, mode. They don't, they, yeah, because the hero, the heroes team themselves doesn't exist anymore. Well, and that's the weird thing is that the classic games and the maintenance team doesn't exist anymore either. We spoke we, when when they were first told that heroes was essentially getting shut down to to be a maintenance mode game. We spoke. I think we spoke about it. It, it. This is a failing of Blizzard's own doing. Oh yeah, they put they push the game to be to to try and make it the the uh, esports competitor for League and mm-hmm. Dota rather than just making it a good game. Yep. And here's the thing: Heroes is a good game. Well, the problem yeah. was that they tried to push it as a. Um... As an esport, that was the whole point. That was the whole yeah. thing is that they were pushing it as an esport. If they had not focused on it being pushed as an esport, I think the game could have been more successful in a smaller scale. But they, they, you know, like Icarus, they flew too close to the sun while Daedalus watched in horror. You mean they had an agenda, and when that agenda failed, they backed out? Yes, Blizzard pulled out. Yeah, Blizzard pulled out. 
<sighs> yeah, and yeah. Heroes completely completely replaced League for me. Back back then, before they decided, yeah, we're done with it. Our day two of BlizzCon was always the Heroes tournament. Yeah. Like, a lot of people had a lot did, of fun. We did pretty much nothing else on day two of BlizzCon except just watch Heroes. Oh, um, on that note, didn't they just announce that they're uh, trying to push for physical uh, BlizzCon next year? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Well, at least y'all got to go back when before the these dark times. Before the darkest of times. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think going to BlizzCon in the worst timeline is appropriate. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I again, as I have as we have said a million times during this whole debacle, we love the individual people who work for Blizzard that have proven them that have not proven themselves to be degenerate shit heel human beings. We love the individuals themselves. Yes, we love the individuals. The company to us has grossly breached our faith in it and our trust. And not even, not even just because of the allegations and the lawsuits. It's been years of that building up. The allegations and the lawsuits just happened to be the straw that severely broke that camel's spine in every way, shape, and form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's been I, rough. I'm still just glad Jeff got out of it. I mean, so I had LB had me so check his. Um, <laughs> he had me check when the last time he logged into the Blizzard launcher was. It's been five months since he's even opened the launcher. Oh yeah, no, I I I literally, and I hate to say it like that. That's I I had not logged into the Blizzard launcher until for like five to eight months. Um, up until about a week ago when I went and cleared out all of the loot boxes I had from Twitch Prime in Overwatch. Hmm. That was the first time I'd logged in in like eight months, six to eight months. I wasn't playing Hearthstone because I had stopped playing Hearthstone before all this Blizzard stuff came out because of the, the monetization practices for the game. I was not interested in spending between three and eight hundred dollars a year to play the game. Yeah, no thanks. That was just the start of their predatory monetization stuff. It's like, and I've, to, I've told my friends this, and it's just like, if I really, because uh, my buddy asked me if I was still playing Hearthstone, because he knew I wasn't playing WoW anymore. I was like, no, I quit playing Hearthstone before I played WoW. And he's like, well, why? You really love that game. And it's like, yeah, I really love card games, and it's the best mobile experience for a card game out there. Hands down. It is the best mobile experience. But... I don't like how they go about their monetization. I don't like the fact that they've added battle passes and all this other stuff. And if I want to go play, if I want to go spend three to $800 a year on, uh, on squares, I will actually go buy physical squares so that I can sell those physical squares at a later date and time. If I so choose at this point, it's one of the reasons that I've actually gotten into Runeterra because the monetize people people always give riot shit about their league monetization. It's not actually that bad. Well, and if it's you like, compare it to the shit that Blizzard's been doing, it's not even close. 
Well, is it anywhere near that bad? The the Runeterra thing is like peep even even Riot admits, hey, we've been a little too generous. Yeah, we've been just a just a shade too generous with what we've given the players. They have been very generous with what they've given us in Runeterra. Yeah. Oh yeah. They've been super fucking good with it. But and, but there's there's not much sign of them really taking like too many steps back. They might pull a couple of bits and bobs here and there, but yeah. Well, they've said that they're gonna start uh, dialing back the uh, path of champion stuff, which was a really good course to get uh, materials for crafting and things of that nature. Yeah. So they said they're going to be champions was the back. is the most recent uh, test thing that they've done. The PVE stuff, yeah. Yeah. They said they're going to be dialing back the PVE stuff because it's which is yeah. fair because it is constant. You get stuff, you get stuff constantly from that. Like there's never, like you don't have oh. to put money into it at all with that. Crash well. just reminded me of something, and I don't. I like we sat there. We so we sat for an hour trying to figure out what we were going to talk about this week, and I completely forgot about this. So Crash in Twitch uh, has mentioned that uh, this is a great segue to talk about the Unity merger. And he's right. I forgot about that completely. Unity merger? Unity is going to spend $4.4 billion and buy a company that... uh, (laughs) uh, They're very well known for uh, injecting malware into computers. Oh! Oh! Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll link an article for that real quick. Um, yeah, well, that's I fun. That. That's fun. Um, Iron Why? Source is a company. Why? Um, because Iron Source has pivoted slightly away from that malware installer, um, and they do ads for mobile games. Oh no. Hmm. Yeah, here's a here's a PC gamer article for it. <sighs> okay. Um so I'll give you all a couple of seconds to blitz through that article if you'd like to get some information about it. Um Yeah, it's yeah, the same it one I've was, up. Yeah, it was Yeah. It's it's yeah. Uh, Maddie Thorson <laughs> from Celeste, the uh, beloved indie platformer, said, fuck Unity. <laughs> no, no, no. The exact quote was, man, fuck Unity. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, th- th- this article, which we've got linked and it will be in the show notes, um, does go on to mention that. Um, in 2015, Iron Source merged with Supersonic, which I was not aware of who they were, but I knew of what they did, um, which uh, they do in-app purchases. They're, they're a, uh, it, 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 uh, it facilitates in-app purchases. And about that same time, they moved away from Install Core, which was the malware wrapper that they had developed. Um, and in 2022, they acquired Tapjoy, which if you've ever played a mobile game, you know what Tapjoy is. Tapjoy does mobile ads and monetizing apps. They are a monetization specialist. And this is what Unity is looking to expand into. 
which is why they will be attempting to merge slash acquire Iron Source. Hmm. Yeah, so this is. Oh, boy, this is some shit, y'all. Um, yeah, they are not uh, a good company. And they have got a very long pedigree. Um, they've got a very long pedigree of like being just not a good entity within the sphere. Um, this is an incredibly tone deaf move from Unity. And it is, yeah, like like I said, Manny Thorsten and a bunch of Thorsten and a bunch of other people have been like, wow, this is fucking dumb. This is exactly not what we want or need through Unity. But Unity is trying to increase their profits. They are trying to increase their bottom line and they are trying to improve their improve their uh, their marketability. And this is exactly not the way to go about it. I mean, a major company doing a tone deaf mar uh, marketing move. I'm shocked. Yep. I'm simply shocked, guys. Yep. So you also have to remember that um, this is also brought up in the article, but Unity bought Weta Digital. Like, just outright bought Weta Digital for $1.6 billion. They own Weta. Well, Weta Digital. Weta Digital. What's a Weta? Weta is Weta Workshop. They are the folks that were behind the fantastic both practical and digital effects for the Lord of the Rings movies. They also have done a lot of other work. They're, um, they're a modern-day ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, which was the... Uh, I know who ILM yeah. are. They're the modern-day ILM, Star Wars. Originally. ILM does Star Trek as well. Yes, I know, but ILM was founded as uh, Industrial Light and Magic. It was uh, George Lucas's uh, special effects company for the original Star Wars movies. Yeah. No, I know, but I'm a tracker. I know. But yes. Um, yeah, so they bought Unity. They bought Weta. They're buying this. And I... Yeah. So the last thing that the article brings up is that two weeks ago, Unity laid off hundreds of employees to realign their resources. Hmm. Massive company laying off employees? Massive company Shocked. spending $6 billion to realign their resources lays off large proportion, large amount of employees. Shocked. Hmm. Yeah, this is, this is ridiculous. This is insanity. This is an, okay. So I've talked about this before, but uh, market centralization and uh, the condensing of resources into a small number of major corporations is terrifying. <laughs> now, I will mention that this is specifically for Weta Digital. This is not Weta Workshop. Um, so this is just the digital effect stuff that uh, Weta does. Uh, it has nothing to do with their practical effects studios or anything like that. And Crash and I were on the exact same page there. He posted that right as I was saying that. Um, but yes, what a workshop is a is a independent entity. So yes, their practical effects team still will do their practical effects stuff. But yes, this is the digital work. Um, if you watched um, Shang Chi, either of you watched Shang Chi? Great and Legend movie. Of 
Yeah. Yes. Weta did the digital effects for that. He did a great job. Yes. Um, so yeah, but this is this is the, the 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 collapsing of the market into these large singularities, these black holes of companies, is terrifying. Um, because it does stifle innovation, it stifles creativity, it stifles uh, competition, especially um, capitalism. On its on, on paper. Capitalism is a uh, is a system that requires competition between peers or near peers. With the way that things have been going, it is terrifying to see the uh, the coalescing of resources into a smaller number of hands. Um, it is. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good for the overall uh, industries that uh, that, are, that are associated with these uh, entities. Well, let's play devil's advocate and say, how else are they supposed to enable creators to make money off of things without buying companies like this? So there are many other companies that that are much, much smaller is the problem that uh operate within this workspace but the problem is is that the those small companies are fewer and far fewer and further between because these large companies continue to swallow up the smaller companies it's stif- because you cannot compete with a company that is willing to just throw a hundred 1.6 billion dollars to purchase a digital effects studio and then 4.4 billion dollars to just casually toss that money aside to purchase these things. You cannot compete with a company that is capable of doing that. Mm. It is not it is not feasible to compete against that. And this yeah. is why the workers should own the means of production. Huh. So it's 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 terrifying because it is it does show us moving further and further and further towards a, a corporatist future where everything is an, um, an oligopoly. You know, it, it's run by yeah. a few powerful, wealthy folks. And it is terrifying because, you, again, look at companies like um, look at Disney. Look at I was just about uh, to say Epic. Look at, <laughs> look at Embracer. Look at all these companies that are consolidating yeah. things. And consolidation, going through consolidation. Um, it's, it's very scary because you don't realize how little power you have when all of the power is concentrated at one point. Right. This is why, this is why unions are important <laughs> to use a, to, to to throw it into the uh, the workplace analogy, this is why unions are important. But this is also why it's important for you to vote with your wallets at the end of the day. It because eventually they will come for you and what you enjoy and what you do. While they may not come for what you are doing right now, they will come for you eventually. So you do not wish to be beholden to that. And it is very it's a very scary thought to think that in 20 years time the majority of the media industry could be controlled by a single entity 
hell the vast majority of the media media right now is controlled by two maybe three entities right now i don't want to watch superhero movies well guess what you don't have to watch superhero movies you could go watch children's musicals you could go watch live long-form entertainment series you could go watch a long-form cartoon series you could go watch documentary you could go watch any old tv show that you want you go watch porn I wouldn't be surprised if they have it, that they got a finger in that somewhere. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> it was. It was hilarious. That's why I made the joke. Um, it's it's terrifying to think of to think that these companies are uh, dominating their industries the way they are. Um because yes, it does lead. It does stifle innovation. It does stifle creativity. It does stifle competition. <clears throat> I personally would not like to live in a world. I would not like to live in hard space shipbreaker. Thank you very much. I do not wish to be a salvage <laughs> tech for Disney Corporation in 2053. Okay. <laughs> Thank you the money. Why am I getting a phone call from Shanghai? They'll, they'll figure out how to. <laughs> turn that game into like you're helping them with crypto in some way shape or form and they'll give you a quarter for it crypto i'm not even gonna get into that play to pay games not even play to win play to pay it's terrible even you dead kevin But, I mean, I think a lot of companies are hungry for getting this type of, like, monetization schemes into their platforms. And then, you know, yes. instead of it going in at a game level, this is going in at a platform level. Yes, and it's scary. Yeah, yes. it is scary. It's, it's incredibly terrifying. Let's make it easier for people to put microtransactions into games, basically. No, no, not just microtransactions, because there's, there's, not, there's not, nothing wrong with a well-designed and well-reasoned microtransaction. It's the predatory, just bullshit microtransactions that's the problem. Yeah. Um, think, think of Warframe, Kevin. Everything in Warframe, aside from a small number of very rare items that are inaccessible because they only existed for a short period of time for some for certain people who financially supported the game at the very 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 earliest moments everything in that game is earnable through action mm-hmm. um or then look at diablo immortal where you everything is earnable via your wallet <laughs> <laughs> yes and now you're getting better tools to build those types of games. Yes. Evan, yeah. I think you need to um, minimize the Discord and reopen it because this cameras have all frozen. Oh. Yeah. He clicked off onto something. Oops. There we go. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, it's... And a company with a bad reputation. Yes, it's a company with a very bad reputation. And Crash, thank you so much for giving me a chance to launch into leftist shit. I appreciate that, buddy. Aaron, why are you doing this? Thank you. I do appreciate all of that. That helped helped me significantly. 
uh, Thanks, brought, a nice warm, brought me a, a, a warm, fuzzy place. He um, hates that. um but yes um it's it's scary because this is this is the future of this is what people are saying is the future of gaming is uh blockchain integration and crypto integration and make money while you play and monetizing every aspect of a game it is very scary it's not where i want to see the gaming industry go in the next 10, 15, 20 years. Because, yeah. Are you saying because it'll become work, basically? Yes. Yeah. It shouldn't be. A game is meant to be fun. It is meant to be an escape. It is meant to be, it is meant to be, you don't read for profit, okay? Do you read for profit? (laughs) Unless you're a copy editor. You don't read right. for profit. Do you watch movies for profit? No, not unless you are a movie reviewer. Right. I mean, I, I did have I did have a thought about this. And this, this kind of dovetails into the emergent gameplay topic. Because a lot of the games that we're playing that don't have stories and we're just creating things in the game. I was thinking, why can't we just create something like this in Unity or in another game engine, and then you could sell what you built? Haven't we already had this conversation before? In a way, yeah. We have. Like, are we just rehashing this conversation? No, I, I don't think so. I think, I think it's an... I actually read a, uh, an article about this in... Um, Game Informer or somewhere. I'll have to find the link. But basically it talks about how Wait, they Game think... Informer? Is this is it nineteen ninety-eight? <laughs> I don't know what Did I don't know. Did you I buy forget. a physical copy of Game Informer? <sighs> I just said the wrong thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm fucking with you, Kevin. Um, it's okay, dude. Something from gameindustry.biz where there was a futurist talking about how games and work are going to merge in the future. And yeah, that no, you're gonna that. be able to switch between games and work seamlessly throughout your day and this i thought that is, that was uh interesting that is i mean people do that currently fuck. they're usually working they usually people do that currently that's just when they work from home well no i mean like you're not going to understand the difference between games and work like you'll be playing games which is going to be your work or vice versa people do that currently it's because they're called streamers <laughs> yeah. am i wrong but it, no, it's an interesting. Well, I mean, people do it in real life, like right? They do like woodworking for fun, and then they sell what they create. That yeah. this is where the conversation. This is the conversation I remember. You and your yes. woodworking. I was runner. talking about woodworking, but like hobbies we, that you could then turn into profit. But the problem is, is that there is a concrete proof of what you have done. You own mm-hmm. what you have done. If you are a woodworker, and this is the same argument I gave you last time, I'm pretty yeah. certain. If you are a woodworker, you physically are holding the piece. You own the piece outright, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. In the Web3 world, you don't own that. It says you own it, but can I go down to the data center and pick it up? Can I take it? 
does it no. have a tangible worth outside of the ones and zeros of that digital representation? No, they no. just create a click through legal agreement that you'll never read that says that mm -hmm. you don't own anything. Yep. You are renting and they have the right to revoke it and they own everything that you create with their thing. Yeah. And they can press a button and take it away from you. And they'll yes, give you a few exactly. pennies for it. Exactly. They don't have to give you shit for it. They don't have to give you a goddamn thing. Right. The, co the house... The house always wins. <laughs> yep. And now they're building tools into games so that you can make money, even though they're probably going to take the majority cut when you do those microtransactions in those games. So, yeah. It's a troubling article. I don't like any of this. <laughs> this is all terrifying and I hate it. Yes, it should be terrifying. It this is, is terrifying. Not, this not, is not, not. There's no need for the should. It is. This is not. People like to say that this is an American centric issue. This is a United States centric issue. It is not. This is a global issue. This is mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah. The, the funny you thing cannot, is, is that video games in general is a multi-billion dollar industry and people are just trying to figure out how to make it even more. You know, they're yeah. already making billions and billions of dollars off this. Like, how can we suck more money out of people? It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not a good thing. And we need to all remember that we are a global village and that global village needs to fight back. And not allow corporatists and people with blood on their hands. To be in charge of everything that we do and everything that we own. <clears throat> I will not live in chattel slavery in the future because we did not stand up at the right time. Hmm. That is entirely possible. Like, it is scary that it is a potential future that we look at. Look at the power of the corporations in the world right now. Look at how much they own what they can do. It is terrifying but yes so let's talk about emergent gameplay <laughs> chris is like i just feel sad now i don't want to be here anymore <laughs> I just wanna go you can blame you can blame your dm chris this is his fault he started I this want, i just want to go play final fantasy and not talk to people anymore <laughs> chris you have Life to it's easier you have to you have to unite with your brothers and sisters and rise up against the corporate powers, okay? But I hate my brothers and sisters. You're all dildos. Doesn't matter. They may be dildos, but you gotta... Sometimes you just gotta sit down and take it. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, I'm in a better mood. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, but yes, 
So one of the things that we had talked about before Crash gave us this wonderful thing. Because I added something, but you've not noticed it. Oh, yes. So sorry. I don't have the notes open. Just 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 real quick, because it happened and I want to I'm there's slight concern and I I think it'll have a little bit of a discussion at least. Um, I don't think you've committed it to Chris. Did I not commit it? No, I did. Is there it's on me? It's on my one. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You, bit, you put that in there. I forgot about that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Dragonflight Alpha started on the 14th. Yep. Two days ago. Yep. And they say they want it out by the end of December. <laughs> Anyone else really concerned? <laughs> I hate Gabriel's forced laugh. <laughs> No, I don't think that was forced. I think that I think that, that was I think that was genuine, sir. That was absolutely genuine. Yeah, that was genuine. That was hundred percent just him. genuine. That's fucking hilarious. If they think that shit's gonna be out, <laughs> so I'm not the only one that's concerned. Then no, that's hilarious. That's absolutely fucking yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Not just me, then. Good to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a very short timeline. That is that is an incredibly short timeline. Yes, I understand this has probably been in development since Legion came out, but been in development yeah. since before Shadowlands launched, apparently. Yeah. Since Legion. Yeah. BFA. BFA, sorry, yeah, BFA. Uh since BFA periods. So yeah, you no, that's completely blocked BFA fun. out of your memory, didn't you? <laughs> no, I've completely blocked WoW for the most part out of my memory. Um fair, fair. it's it's yeah, that's a fucking tight time frame. Especially because here's everything that's been happening. Because here's the thing. It's not just a, oh, this is going to be the rumored timeline that's on pre-order with a on or before date of December 31st, 2022. That's a contractual on or before date. They have to try and stick, they have to stick to that or offer refunds. Mm-hmm. So I mean, uh, it's like just under half a year. Is that more or less than what they've done in previous releases? The problem uh, is that they need to stick this. It's not that it's more or less than previous releases. They need to stick this. This this needs to be Shadowbringers level of awesomeness. This expansion, this cannot fail. This if this expansion failing is the death nail for World of Warcraft because they've had two failure expansions. In a row. Hmm. Yep. <clears throat> well, the problem is they stuck they stuck the um uh, to use the gymnast metaphor. Continue using that. They uh they stuck the launch, but they failed the landing. Yes. The launch was great, but the problem the problem is everything else around it has been. Subpar? That's a nice way to put it, right? It's been Britney Spears toxic? They had to pull the ripcord. No, there was no ripcord, Kevin. Remember, we were lied to? We know that. There was never a ripcord, Kevin. We were lied to, remember? There was not a river. There was not a ripcord at all. Period. Ian Azacostas flat out lied to us during a preach interview? Remember? Yeah. There were no no ripcords, Kevin. It was just flat out, straight to our faces, straight out falsehoods. It's all code, and it's all ripcord. Um, what? 
What? I think Kevin's, what? Hold, I think Kevin's just, hold, hold on one second, Chris. Hold on one second. Kevin, I'd like you to explain that statement to me, please. And just change it. Where's my, where's my popcorn? Where's my popcorn? Explain. It's just code. The fact that they admitted they... <laughs> no, what, what I'm saying is they didn't have a ripcord built in was the problem. They had to build one. They had to make one. They said, oh, well, we have the ability to pull this ripcord if we, if we need to. And they didn't have one. They thought the system was going to work. Mm-hmm. They were confident the system was going to be perfectly fine. And then it wasn't. And then they had to go, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. And then they had to hastily slap together the covenant system at the end of it. The catch-up mechanics for the yeah. covenants and everything else. I mean, Blue Joy brings up a good point in chat. It's like, Final Fantasy, do they go through all this nonsense with betas and alphas? Publicly, and is no. it such a big deal? No, not so Final Fantasy do... doesn't. Final Fantasy has never, for, for Final Fantasy 14, has never had a public test realm. Has never had a public pe- test build. It's always been tested internally by the de- development team. Yes. They have a very well-crafted and well-staffed QA team. Mm-hmm. Like, a ridiculously well-crafted QA team, because, yes, the vast majority... They, they have never done a public... They've never done a test environment like that. No, don't get me wrong. Shit, shit happens. I remember Stormblood. The Cezanne fucking bug, where you couldn't get past a specific part. It's messed everything up. It happens. But... The fact that it rarely happens just shows that they are they have put the money into their QE and their develop and their their uh, development mm-hmm. team and their testing team. Mm-hmm. Blizzard doesn't do that. We are their QE and develop and testing team, and then they've got their officially hired ones who work super fucking hard and we love dearly, by the way. So because yeah, they're the ones keeping that shit. They're the they are honestly the ones keeping that shit together. Do you think that the emphasis is less on QA and more about? we're out of touch with what the players want and we want content feedback or is it i i think i think yoshi p put it perfectly do these developers play their even play their own games Mm -hmm. yoshi p the direct the lead director of final fantasy 14 quoted that when talking about world of warcraft and an Asmongold and Rich Campbell interview. Do these developers even play their own game? Hmm. Now, so the developer is the is the key part there. The people who actually implement things. That is the key part. Because we know their QA teams play the game. Their we know QA that plays. they that we know we know for a fact that their QA team plays the game because uh, that was something we talked about with Carrie on the original episode we did when we interviewed him that one time mm-hmm. um we, we we focused very heavily on fighting game stuff but yeah uh, we, we talked a little bit about stuff like that but yeah we know the that QA teams the, play Q, the, the qa team are gamers they play these games they're passionate about these games mm-hmm. yeah the developers on the other hand we don't know i i imagine some of them do play mm-hmm. but i imagine it's like two hours a week Doing just a mythic or two. Yeah. I don't imagine any of them are actual people who play the game more than two hours a week. Or or they might be hardcore one for centers. Right. 
I think that's kind of what the problem is, is like, who are you making the game for? But then again, the hardcore one percenters are even sick of World of Warcraft. Yes, but it took them longer to get sick of the game. Dead, dead. Because they were catered to? Yes. I don't think they've been completely catered to. I think they've had a lot of pre- uh, uh, preferential treatment, but I don't think it's been completely catered to the 1%. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of my point. Is like, Are we releasing this game and making such a big deal about open and public betas so that, you know, we can get feedback about should we do this or should we do that content wise or is it just strictly to find bugs because if it was strictly to find bugs i don't even think we would be playing it right now they i think they need the feedback to survive yeah but the problem is and this is this is the cycle of a world of warcraft expansion uh the expansion is announced alpha launches feedback is given feedback is ignored Feedback is is implemented at the point two point three patch when the expansion is ending. Yep. New expansion is announced and the cycle continues. That has been the problem. Hmm. I think a lot of the problem is is that they are they are chasing that large payout for every expansion. This two year expansion cycle is brutal. It's not I mean, good. It has clearly not worked. I mean, it it doesn't work because they keep trying to reinvent the wheel every fucking expansion. Uh-huh. Look at, and I hate to keep going to it, but look at 14. They do a two-year expansion cycle. Every expansion has been a fucking hit. Like, the the, the worst expansion. The worst expansion was Stormblood, and that is a phenomenal story experience and a phenomenal rating experience. But it was just not as good as the other ones. That was the only that that is when when you know it's it's been done right when the bad expansion is brilliant, but is still but is just not as good as the other ones. Hmm. Well, and it's. <sighs> They also don't go nuts with it. They don't implement a ton of new systems. It's more of the same. And that's fine because it's engaging same. Mm -hmm. And it's not designed to keep you playing constantly. Like the, the, the 14 developers, a hundred, like constantly say, if you're bored and you're done with the game, go play something else. Come back later. We'll have more story soon. Have fun. Yep. Constantly. Literally, we just finished the fucking raid tier and got everybody their best. Two of our players have unsubbed and will come back when 6-2 comes out. Because they've done everything they've achieved, and that's okay. Hmm. But the Blizzard keeps you in that constant cycle of, well, you gotta do this to be ready for this, to be then be ready for that, to make sure you're ready for this, to... There's, there's, there's no, okay, let me just take a break here. Well, and part of the problem with part of the problem with how Blizzard has done things is that they have had such a narrow development cycle. They only develop a couple of games every decade. Whereas Square has a lot of divisions. They're constantly releasing new games. They don't have to have all of their eggs in one basket. Well, I, I think the 
why they were doing that is because they were trying to be the boutique the boutique um video game service like we're going to do a few games really well and everyone's going to love them and that just hasn't turned out to be true over the last few years but the problem is diversification it's like you have to diversify and you have to innovate you cannot stagnate mm-hmm. and that is basically what blizzard did as a company so I'm just having a quick look. So the team, so the team, so obviously it's Square, Square Enix. Yes, there are multiple divisions, multiple branches. The one specifically for 14, Creative Business Unit 3. Love the name. It's, that's the uh, Japanese naming conventions for you, man. Yep. Formerly known, because I'm, I'm on the, formerly known, by the way, as Business Division 5. Uh, <laughs> head out, head, headed by uh, Nakio Yoshida. Um, we've got the only games they've done. You've got Final Fantasy fourteen, uh, Heavensward, Stormblood, Shadowbringers, and Endwalker. They are currently doing Final Fantasy sixteen, uh, and okay. they also did the Final Fantasy eleven uh, reboot. Sixteen is going to be single with, player. Uh, Nikio, yes, sixteen will be a single player game. Sixteen is a single player. Yes, that it's it, it's a mainline Final Fantasy. It will always be a single player RPG. But it is being headed by Nakio Yoshida, the, the mastermind behind uh, Realm Reborn and Heavensward and Stormblood and Shadowbringers and Endwalker. Yeah. So it's going to be a good one. He's got a good track record. He's got a fucking amazing track record. Hmm. So where, where, where did we come from? I lost the beginning of this rabbit hole. We came, we came from Dragonflight and it, the alpha starting two days ago, and they're wanting to release it by the thirty first of December, twenty twenty two. And the fact oh, that yeah. that is insane. Yeah. In fact, let's have a gander. We would agree in WoW's modern life cycle, Legion is the most successful expansion. Yes, I'd say it's probably that accurate. Legion sure. Alpha release. Let's have a look. So Legion Alpha. The Legion Legion Test Alpha began in November 2015. Beta tests began in May 20 uh, May 12th of 2016, and the game was released in August of 2016. Almost a year. Almost a full year for development alone. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and we're getting uh, wall. Yeah, that's, that, that's test. That's, that's test. That's the testing. Sorry, sorry. Almost mm-hmm. a full year for test for for testing. So started off in November for alpha, swapped to beta in May, and released in August. Uh-huh. And they released mythic tier dungeons, right? Like the stones. That's uh, mythic. Mythic plus started. Uh, yeah. That's when Legion. Mythic plus started with Legion. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did you hear that seasonally there's going to be four old dungeons in Mythic Plus now? I'm actually quite excited about that. I want to do some mop dungeons as Mythic Plus. Not going to lie. I I, if I was still playing, I'd be doing that. The first two they've confirmed, I believe, for Season 1 was Court of Stars and Jade Serpent. If I subbed, I'd, I'd be up for that. But Temple the Jade Serpent is one of my favorite dungeons. Yep. Um, but but it, does, it, it, it just shows... The most essential, the most successful expansion in the modern life cycle of WoW, Legion, had almost a year of testing. Yep. 
we're getting less than less than half less than what seven months something like that yeah <laughs> yeah this but is no no great. it'd be five months five months yeah not great not great at all we can only hope they've done a lot of internal testing They better have done a shit ton of internal testing. They better have. It's they, sh- they should not have rushed this. What's the best out- possible outcome with this alpha and beta for Dragonflight? The best possible outcome: um, alpha. The alpha cycle finishes, and all of the major bugs are dealt with. Feedback that has been provided has been implemented and worked on, or at least attempted to be. Um, oh. and. In fact, no. Best case scenario, the the feedback isn't required, and they've listened to all the feedback we've been providing over the last year, year and a half, <laughs> going going from Shadowlands and all the failures of Shadowlands, um, and all the all the feedback that we provided from that is already implemented, and well, Dragonflight runs smoothly through Alpha. Yep, yeah. uh, and. Well, the best case scenario is that Alpha has incredibly targeted uh, feedback requirements because the core is... Which is what they're doing. ...sane. The core, core is sane and stable. And so incredibly narrow focus during the Alpha. Beta has a larger, broader, more stress-testy kind of focus. And yeah. the game is ready to go. Now, that, that'll, that, that's, those are best case scenarios. Those are the case of, like, everything is... They've listened to us over the last year. The they've got they've left enough time to make any changes that are required. Um, they have they haven't added any major fucking borrowed powered systems that everyone's gonna bitch and complain about as we have done since they were really implemented. Yeah, borrowed power is a shitty system. We've already talked about that a million times. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying though. Like it, it comes down to them actually have listened to everything we've complained about in the previous expansion that has systems similar to what we're going into. Because covenants and dragonflights, they're very similar. The the dragonflights just apparently have no player power attached to them and are completely custom and completely customization. We'll see. Which, that Brilliant. was also feedback that we had provided. Perfect. Yep. That is what we asked for covenants. Yeah. Because I wanted to be a Venthyr shaman. <clears throat> I had to be Necrolord because it was the most efficient for a healer. Yep. And then, you know, uh, also uh, legendaries. <sighs> please Some of the go, covenant legendaries please. ended up being best in slot. Please, please don't have any legendaries associated with Dragonflights. Please. Just, you know what? You know, go back to the Mr. Pandaria legendary system. That was a great system. It was fantastic. It was completely down to personal uh, participation. You wanted to do it. You did it. You didn't care. You didn't have to. Cloaks. Well, no, no. Cloak was tied to power. There was, uh, there was something that the cloak was necessary for. At a certain upgrade was, point, the cloak was the cloak was necessary to get to an optional world boss. There was there wasn't anything necessary within the actual rating. I thought that I thought the cloak was necessary for something. Within it, the it was it was tied to power. It had a major buff to it. But that's what I'm saying. 
Raiders will always go for stuff like that. That's that's just a Raider mentality. And that's fine. But have it have it be a personal tie in. Don't don't make us have to grind shit out to get legendaries. Like, oh, grind these bring me fifty seven beer testicles and we'll give you a cloak. A legendary don't do it. Just make the story well, was good I'd be, and, I'd and be Miss happy. Pandaria. I would be happy to see um a uh Valinir or a uh or blades of the uh blades of the father or something yes, like but that. They were all can they were they were <clears throat> I don't I personally wasn't a fan of the old legendary system because it did focus on one class, which isn't a major problem. It's fine. I was just really pissed because the the only re- reason there was a certain rogue back in Cataclysm that was beating me was because he had those daggers. When he didn't have them, I was kicking his ass. Um, that's 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 a personal grip. He can go fuck himself. Um, but the the cloak. I thought the cloak was a nice system because it was a case of everyone was getting the legendary and they had to put their own personal effort into it. It was a personal journey for yourself rather than. The entire raid has to focus on you. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I can, I can understand for that. It is making it a personal progression and not a, um, not a collectivist progression. I'm also still really pissed off that the bow dropped on my death knight when I was doing that run just for shits. Oh was... my god, you're so bitch about that bow. I'm still bitching about that bow. Been like five years, but I'm still bitching about that bull. Why are you gonna keep complaining about Thor at all? Because I wanted it on my hunter, but I got it on my dead. So, <laughs> have they gone away from systems that don't work just because they want something different in the new expansion, or did they just listen to people who hated that feature in Mist of Pandaria for um, legendaries, for example, and then decided to change it? I, I genuinely don't know why they why they keep swapping the legendary systems because you've had the old legendary systems like from from the original vanilla all the way through to uh, Cataclysm, which had personal weapons for a specific class um, that would be very raid focused, and the whole team would have to work together to make to try and make sure that these people got the item. And then they moved on to personal individ- uh, individual responsibility legendaries uh, in uh, Mesa Pandaria and Warlords, where it was... And random mess- drops. <laughs> random <laughs> drops. That was annoying. That was annoying. It was uh, the Cloak and Mess and the Ring and Warlords. Oh, and God. then... <laughs> Let's not talk about the fucking Cadgar. Jesus Christ. Hi, Stone. Hey, Stone. Thanks for the raid. Oh, Jesus. Hi. We're getting raided. Hello, Stone. Hello, Stone and Stone folks. We are currently in the process of discussing uh, the failures of WoW and how they can fix these things. Pretty much. Put on your tinfoil hats. Um, What was my thought process? You're you're free to go. Thank you all for showing up. You don't have to listen to three, three bitter men talk about a children's video game. <laughs> Chris, you were talking about the angry how they had switched from group uh, legendaries yes. to personal responsibility legendaries, and then so once the per- once they did the the BF the uh, warlords ones, they for whatever fucking reason and Legion decided to 
okay, so there's going to be like a hundred legendaries. Go pick one. And they've kind of stuck to that system. And it's been weird and I don't like it. I think, well, that's one of the points that I read in an article this week is that it's just, you know, after all these expansions, it's, it's just a graveyard of like old features and old things that they implemented and then just abandoned after that expansion because yeah, they wanted yeah, something at, new and fresh. Look, look and at the garrisons. Different. Look at look at the garrisons. They yeah. they designed them. They designed them poorly and completely the opposite of what we were what, what they were telling us we were going to be. And then they were abandoned but they, by the end of the expansion. Well, and that's right. WoW is a graveyard of failed systems. That is <laughs> right. just it is it's 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 a graveyard of failed systems. I mean, yes, they 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 keep throwing things at the wall and hoping something sticks, and it doesn't, because they are throwing things at the wall. There are a lot of systems that had a lot of interest. I I loved the thought of garrisons to start with, and then it just became that place you went to go do your table missions and then pick up uh your free herbs and ore. Right. Yep. Pretty much. I mean, they should keep some of these ideas and then continue to build on them instead of like, oh, well, that didn't work. Let's just create a new idea and we'll try to build that. And then that doesn't work. Like stick with an idea and actually like work on it. But that, that's kind of what we're going to hope that happens here with Dragonflight, because they're getting rid of the board power systems. They're trapped. They said they're planning on moving away from the expansion exclusive systems. Which we didn't really get expansion exclusive systems until what Warlords? Warlords was the first expansion exclusive system. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking purely system. Um, no, Cataclysm had the start. No, no, Cataclysm didn't have challenge dungeons, challenge was MOP. No, that was MOP. Yeah, but then they moved on with. They moved on to Mop, and then they were they then they disappeared in Legion, yep. and they evolved into mythic mythic dungeons. So technically, we still have the challenge dungeon system. It's just they've evolved to mythic and mythic plus. Yeah, yeah. I, I so warlords with the garrisons would be the first expansion exclusive system. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And they could but have, yeah. They could have built upon that. They could have added more to it. They could have continued to keep it relevant, and they didn't. They just said they, move they on. Could have, they could have gave us what they told us we were going to get. We they told us we were going to be getting a a base that we could put in any of the zones in Warlords. They could have multiple different types of architecture. Like you could have place buildings wherever you wanted them. That's the it's a as mini player housing, but yeah. Which, you know, we've only been complaining about for 15 years. Which, by the way, like 90% of our MyFC just got their houses at the last lottery. They're all very happy. But it, it's... They do not have a coherent vision for the game, I think, is probably their biggest biggest flaw. There's no coherent vision for the game. You have these wild left-field swings every single expansion. Yeah. Um, Look, uh, like take 14, for example. 14 has a cohesive narrative that is progressing through each of the expansions. 
every yeah. expansion builds upon what was explained in the last expansion. Whereas, wow, it's just, oh, hey, we're going to careen from one terrible thing to another, one world-shattering, world-ending event. Uh, okay, no, here's a stronger one. Have fun. Oh, no, there was really a guy behind the guy behind the other guy. Oh, God, no. I mean, Endwalker's probably the first world-shattering, world-ending event for, for the first, for the source that we've seen. Um, right. It depends on if you're taking the main scenario only. Main scenario only. Yeah, because Bringers was focused on the first. Yeah. Well, that was a world shattering event, but, you know, not our world. Yeah, but not our world. Yeah. So. Um... I guess bringing them back to WoW for a minute, what do sure. they need to do differently in Dragonflight to, you know, get things back on track? For me, it would be cohe make a cohesive storyline. Yes, I understand. I don't know what the story is going to be. I have not paid attention to WoW in year or two years at this point. Um, but give it a cohesive storyline that is not just it's careening from one world ending problem to another. Because you're not always going to be dealing with a world-ending problem. That's the, that's the issue, though. It's like, I, I miss, and I, I couldn't play Classic, but I tried very hard. I tried very, very hard. I got up to, like, 40 or 50 in Classic. But Classic always felt nice because it was small-scale problems. What about, that's from a narrative perspective, but what about, like, a power perspective and gameplay perspective? Give me more linear progression. Yeah. More linear, linear progression? progression? Nice. Explain that. So uh, there is uh, vertical progression, there's linear progression. Linear progression, you stay at roughly the same power level, but you improve something incidental to the power. So you still are gaining power, but it's not a series of numbers that have to go up every time. Vertical power progression means that the numbers have to get bigger every time. And that's the only way to progress. Your stats get bigger. Your numbers get bigger. That was the problem. That's why they have to had to do two or three stat squishes at this point, because the numbers kept getting too fucking big. Three. Three. Um, they had to do the three stat squishes, squishes and a level squish. Yeah, because the because the power was getting too large. They were having trouble with computations because the numbers were so fucking big. Yes. Literally in Mesa Pandaria, the final boss of the expansion, Garrosh, had four phases because the because the game kept crashing when they had him at a full health pool. <laughs> you had to kill him four times because the game kept crashing because his number his health pool was too big. Well, yeah. Give me give me linear progression. Give me a ability to unlock new powers, like uh, to improve. Give me give me a new combo that I need to dig for. Give me a new utility spell. Give me something that I can progress and feel like I am improving. But I don't need to see, oh, yeah, my 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 green dick is bigger than your green dick is, you know. This isn't Conan. Oh, Conan Exiles, yeah. No, I mean health pool, Kevin. Oh. Yeah, give me a progression system that does not require me to see larger and ever-increasing numbers. I want to be able to 
um, I want to be able to go out at max level at the very start of an expansion. And I want to fight an enemy. And I want that fight to take me 35 seconds. And at the end of the expansion, I want that same fight to take me 25 seconds. Without giving me big numbers. Give me something that I'm doing that engages me with the gameplay and makes me actually do something. That's something that 14 does really well. There's always something engaging in your combat. There are lots of different things to keep an eye out for. And admittedly, WoW has done a bit of that, but it's very samey. Which is actually one of the reasons why I was very sad that 14 got rid of a lot of positionals. Because I always did Fearness. feel like I was engaged with it, but positionals monks suck. Were ridiculous. Positionals monks, suck. Were also, monks were also ridiculous. They were nothing but positionals. Every ability had a positional on it. Yeah, everything was positional. But I, I, like the positional shit is useful. It's fun because then it's like you're not all clumping up on the dragon's back right hind leg. You know, it's like you've got people moving around. You've got people doing things. You've got people engaging with their abilities rather than waiting for their uh, waiting for their um, LVI proc to show up or their. Um, uh, oh, God, what uh, weak or uh, you know, to timer to cool down so that they can go, OK, I can hit this button again. You know. Me something that's a little bit more engaging than that. Yeah, so. Blue in the channels, right? Uh, Dragoon is actually the possessional class now. Oh, that's good. I like floor tanks. Dragoon's got the most possessionals in the game now. I like floor tanks. I know, right? I actually really enjoy Dragoon. It's just the the cooldowns are a little weird. Yeah, well, that and you know, getting yourself locked into an animation and you know that you're dead. They're not so bad when you're when you get the higher versions. The animation yeah. lock's not so bad. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. my. My answer was going to be that I'm hoping that these um, talents and the talent trees are going to help out. Because I think the talents are a good step. I've already seen some feedback on that, and some folks are like, it's not quite the showstopper we were hoping for. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I've seen a little oh. bit of feedback already on it. But it's alpha. It is early. We'll see where it goes. They may need to dial everything it in and is, tune it. Everything is very tentative and subject to change. Talents, I can always see very strongly as one of those things that like, yeah, this is going to need tuning regardless. Like, even if we got it, like, even if we feel like we got it perfect, it's still going to need to be tuned at the end of the day. I, um, the idea the are a good step, though. So it's, it's a good step in the right direction. Yeah, the idea that I like is being able to tune my character to the way that I want to play it, because I want I might want to play a. a druid but i might want to play it slightly different than how other people want to play it and then talents but i was that's that's assuming would give me that flexibility the, the thing is the good thing about the good thing about these talents at least from what it looks like and it uh, could be wrong i don't have access to the alpha but it could be wrong the the they look very much like they're going they're a mashup of the old talent systems from vanilla through to uh, ra uh, cataclysm and the new ones where it's kind of like okay here's here's your kind of situational ones grab these yada 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 you know you've got those little power ups but at the same time you've got some major power there that you can just grab between and there's no cost to change them you can change it on the fly it's there's 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 there's, there's definitely a step in the right direction yeah i mean 
I well, I was I didn't know you could change them on the fly. I'm actually kind of against that. I like being able. Well, I like having to make a choice, and then that choice is permanent. And like when I say needing to roll the new character, if you need to, you want you want to roll a new character to change your talents. In certain situations, yes, but. Um, and and wow, when I have that, when my hunter is literally 17 years old, you want me to delete it and roll a new one to change my talents? No one says you have to delete it, but I'm just saying, like, certain... That's, that's never going to work like that. Ever. I mean, I like having to make choices, and then that's what you're stuck with. Because that's literally it, one of the biggest complaints for Covenants, though. Yeah, I know. But in in some cases, I think it's a good idea. But I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority there. I see where you're coming from. Like, per- permanent choice can be good, but it needs to be implemented properly. A talent, a talent system is in no way, shape, or form the place for permanent choice. Mm-hmm. Because you need to be able to build yourself to the situation. A talent, a talent tree is like a loadout in Warzone or in COD multiplayer. It's a loadout. Yeah. You use this in this situation. You need to be a you need you got your your team needs a sniper. Okay, I'll use this loadout. Oh my team needs uh somebody with a P90. Okay, I'll use this I'll use this loadout with my P90 loadout. You, that's what that's the that's the type of thing that a talent tree needs to be able to fill. That's the kind of niche it needs to fill. So permanency there would be a bad bad idea. Okay. I, I think I think permanency has has its place, but the talent system is definitely not the place for it. I mean, I think it's similar to what Gabriel is saying about like linear progression. Is like you want to be able, to, like, if I'm a wizard, I want to be able to specialize in specific wizard talents, and you know, the fire wizard or the ice wizard or whatever. You know, like that kind of choice and if there's a way for me to show other people that this is, these are the choices that I've made and this is the type of wizard that I am without it being permanent, I guess. I have a suggestion for that could mash up the two ideas actually. So a base, a talent system like what we've got, but then to be a progression system beyond that, a perk esque system that kind of specializes even further into whatever spec you're wanting to, the more you progress, like a, like a Paragon-esque system, the more you progress, you get little perks here, mm-hmm. some visual stuff, maybe some minor power increases, but it's all about personal progression into it, and it's very minor power, maybe some more cosmetics, mm-hmm. like a Paragon-esque system. Or, or it just makes the way that you want to play easier. You know, I don't think it, it needs to make it easier, but maybe, maybe it can... T- Perfect example, enhancement shamans. I I don't know what it is. The uh, Shadowlands is the first town, and this is the one major positive I will say about uh, Shadowlands. They got enhancement pretty fucking solid, right? Mm-hmm. Enhancement is very it, it, for the longest time. It's always been very clunky, um, and in, and when it came to Shadowlands, they got enha- they got enhancement pretty spot on, and it's very smooth to play. It's a really good mashup of the power crazy cataclysm enhancement and the smoother mess enhancement. So it's a good it's a, it's like that perfect like middle middle ground. 
but then they can take something like that and just add bits to it that make that that can clean it out. You know, that could be the the smoother gameplay that you're looking for, just as a progression system. Hmm. I mean, I'm even thinking about making things more technically difficult to do, like, you know. I'm I'm thinking about a weird idea about like tracing a spell with your mouse or something like something that you would have to learn and train yourself to You're do. You're never going to be able to do that in a raid environment, mate. <laughs> I know, but it seems or PvP. It, it sounds fun to me because like that would be difficult for someone else who's even the same type of or you know a wizard. It would make it difficult for them to do if they haven't been practicing it. You know what Just I have mean? Your little like, goblin pull out a wizard wand, do the Disney years. It's Disney, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but it, no, I'm like what I'm thinking about is like instead of making it more powerful or different, you could have a power move that's just more technically complicated based on the subclass or you know specialization of your particular class, but like have it more difficult to do so that someone just can't pick it up and press a button. You know what I mean? Like, there would be some practice and some skill required instead of just like I, I mash a button. I, I've only I've only just noticed it. Our uh, crash in the chat made a really funny point about the ta- locking the talent trees. Don't delete to change your talents. Just pay real money to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope they don't go down that route. <laughs> but it, I mean. The problem with talents is that someone will figure it out and they'll make a guide There's, and they'll circle one and that will even, that will be the one the you Mr. have to Pand- take. Even with the current Miss Pandaria style talent system, there is still best. There there is there is right. no way to design any kind of progression system that doesn't have a mathematically best answer. Right. It is physically impossible for that to be a thing because there will always be a mathematically best choice. Yeah. I mean I I like to fight against that because I like my games to be fun, not a math problem. Impossible though. It's impossible though. I know, but it, it, it just like heroes of the storm, Chris, it's like someone's always going to complain about you not picking the right talent because they think that that's the best one and the one you should always take. And I like skills and talents that are more situational and I figure out what's best based on the situation instead of what someone has calculated on a sheet of paper to say is best. When numbers are involved, though, it's kind of impossible. That's the yeah. thing. Anytime number, even in, even in 14, there is mathematically best gear, there's a mathematically best gear set. There's a mathematically best opening rotation and a, it's it's impossible to anything that has to do with numbers there is going to be a best way to do it right but to me that takes some of the fun out of it because you're reducing the game to an instruction manual instead of an actual game you don't have to do it you don't have to do it if you don't want to yeah play like i don't i don't (laughs) one of one of the things that always annoyed one a couple of my raiders uh, about me when i was in during shadowlands and during most of raiding actually i never played the mathematically best set i played this uh, shit that i found really fun and really really good and really 
smooth to play with. Right. I always fucking had, I always had real good fucking numbers. And I, I think that's better. I think it's better to find unique and fun ways to play the game that you like and it, being able to express to them without the, without the penalty of not being as powerful. But, that, that, but again, that's impossible. It comes down to the math. There's the 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 likelihood of it, and it even even and again, fourteen is even not great at this. The likelihood of things being perfectly balanced to the point where every, regardless of the choice you make, you're going to do the exact same numbers every fucking time. Not a thing. Never going to happen. No game has ever done that. No game will ever do that hmm. because it is virtually impossible. It, Think of the amount of specs and think of the amount of classes and specs with the amount of options that those classes and specs have. Right. You think it's possible to, to balance, to balance all, all of that to no. be the exact same? No, it's not. There's no there's no way. That's But I, get, I mean 14 has less and they still can't do it. To Gavril's point earlier, it's a lot about numbers because they choose you know, certain things are better or worse or higher or lower numbers. Like, yeah, if you're using math, there's always going to be trouble balancing it. But that's the only way to balance it. Well, if there's ways to play the game or different ways to play or ways to make things easier or harder to do technically, then, you know, that would be uh, a different way to play the game without having to we adjust just talked numbers. about accessibility not too long ago. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, but that's or but that's already a that's already a thing in regards to talents making things different or easier. Look at demon hunters; they literally have a talent that takes away one of their abilities and generates their power off of auto attacks. Right. That's already a thing, and for a while there, it was the mathematically best choice. Right, and then when that becomes and not the mathematics, and then they balance yeah. stuff. People, mm -hmm. the, the high end players or the cookie cutter followers swapped off. I'm not saying you have to follow all of these. Like I don't, I don't, I don't follow cookie cutter builds. People kept people have actually called me an idiot for not following cookie cutter builds. So I'm going to break the fourth wall here real quick and just interrupt your conversation and just say that we do need to update the uh, overlay. <laughs> my my uh thing is wrong yeah your twitter is still the old one yeah I oh yeah so that's i was letting you two i was letting you two have this conversation it's uh, a good conversation it's a good conversation i wanted you two to have this conversation so i was not engaging because you know me i dominate conversations when i get into them because i'm an asshole yes i just wanted to point that out because i noticed that <laughs> no i've noticed it a while ago but we've never we, we keep saying yeah. we're gonna that's like fiverr for a new one but we've never done it yeah, the so I think one of the things and this gets back to a discussion that we had before the show about why doesn't Kevin like RPGs or why does Kevin just like action games? And I think a lot of it is because I don't find like a ton of skill in a game like WoW where it's I have to press buttons and I have to press them in a specific order because that's the best rotation and that's the best this. I find something like a MOBA requiring more skill where it is positional, where it is, you know, based on the talents you pick and what you're doing to, to 
deal with that specific situation more engaging and I was, obviously the turn by or the actual real time action versus you know this rotation spell casting stuff i was gonna say you're more of a shooty boy than a thinky boy and that's not a that's no, not i a, like uh, to think i i think that no that's not a that's not it's not that's not a slight it's less of considering you know these this this you know this sort of abstract thing versus it's it's taking rpg versus fps both of them require a lot of skill in very different ways. You seem to skew more on the like twitch skill and thinking on your feet kind of stuff versus the uh, yes. meticulous pre-planning and having to know exactly what button needs to be pressed in what order fashion. That's not a slight. It's just two different ways of playing and two different ways of processing. Correct. I, I will think, say, yeah. I will say, Kevin, I do not think you would actually ever, if you, even if you enjoyed Final Fantasy XIV's gameplay, I don't think you would enjoy raiding in fourteen because it is a dance. It's not. It's not a react to the situation. It's a. No, this is the. This is the. This is the path that the the, the raid will the, the encounter will always take. There is one or two RNG elements where something will shift direction. But these are the general steps that the fight will always take. Learn the dance, you'll be fine. I don't think you'd enjoy that. No, it doesn't sound fun. I, I I like having to like make that last second decision and do something to try to avoid death or to do something to try to get a killing blow. You know, like well, that kind like of stuff melee, I think is interesting. Rating. You may like melee because you get to greet a lot as melee. You could have those split se- split split second. Do, do I, I greet and rest? Do I stay or do I go? You get yeah. You get you might like raiding as a melee then. Actually, to be honest, I, I think he would enjoy raiding actually as a dragoon because it's very much a risk reward. It with is the animation high locks. risk reward. With the it's high risk locks. reward with the with the animation locks on dragoon because it's like oh I'm gonna be stuck doing this for the next two seconds. Fuck. It's really, <laughs> Am I gonna get out? Good. It's high risk because the animation log, but then you add the greed factor to it as well. Can I stay in for another hit? Can I stay in for another hit? You might actually really enjoy Dragoon raiding. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but you see what I mean? Like what, what I'm getting at is like if, if they can make the game more based on skill or some sort of less you need to use this rotation and you need to use just this gear and you need to use this. It's just... Uh. Wow and fourteen, they are they are based on skill. You you can be a, it's just a different skill set. Okay. So, in what we're saying, I think he might actually like Reaper. Lots of twitchy decisions to make in the in split seconds. Yeah, no Reaper or Dragoon. I think would be a I'm, good option for. Ooh, I'm not Ninja. trying to find Ninja. my main in Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm trying to figure out how to fix Wow. <laughs> No, oh, but yeah, no, 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 no. He may like Ninja. Yeah, yeah. Ninja is a. Uh, oh, hey. Uh, oh, oh, you want him to be disappointed when everybody moves them out of the Doton? Nin- no, but Ninja actually has those. Ninja actually has those rotational differences where you have to really heavily learn your shit and know which one to do when, and to be able to adapt to a situation of oh no, I've missed a mudra. He would have, I think he would like Ninja. Yeah. But I do get what you're saying. It's like <laughs> there is no 
There is no MMO on the market anymore that has a heavy skill-based element associated with it. The closest, I believe, that had a heavy, like, FPS skill, let's say FPS, the Twitch skill, um, was mm, maybe Guild Wars? Right, nothing has really come close to basically Diablo as an MMO. Which is what I would want to play. But that they they did that. They did do Diablo as an MMO. <laughs> it was called Diablo Three, asshole. I was just thinking that they did that it's Diablo Three. It wasn't. It was not well received. <laughs> it was literally panned. It's like because the thing is okay. So are you talking? Because the thing is, it's it's. An ARPG is still an MMO. It just depends on what your definition of MMO is. Well, I just mean like action New World. and ah, positional. LB brings and, a good point. New yeah, World. New World was. New World was skill-based, yeah. Sure. I would say definitely skill-based. And that was fun. I really enjoyed the gameplay and action in that. The, the Defiance when it first came no, out? No, it's New World. It, it would, I think New World has come probably the closest. To recreating an action RPG as a as a uh, Kevin was MOBA. really deep in or that for a while. So yeah. Kevin was real deep. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, to me, that's what would fix well is like make it positional and make you know everything so completely redesign the game from the ground up. Yeah. Redesign the combat system from this EverQuest light we have right now. Throw everything out and build it from the ground up and start again. That would fix well. They've talked about WoW 2. I don't think we're going to see it. I I don't think we will, no. If if Dragonflight fails, I think that's going to probably be it for WoW. When I say fail, I mean like major, major fail. Like like the expansion barely sells like half a million copies. My more realistic answer was make the talent system something that allows me to play my character in a more specialized way and make me feel like other people just can't pick up my character, read a guide on Wowhead, and press a button and do the exact same thing. So that's what I would like. Redesign the game from the ground up. That's literally it, Kevin. I don't don't know if it's redesign the game from the ground up. But the combat system, you're you're literally saying redesign the entire combat system. Like there's the talent the original correct me if I'm wrong, but there there was permanent choice and there was no, specific there was talent no trees choice. in the original wow. Right? There was never permanent, there was never permanent you choice. Always, they you were had, permanent. Okay. No, they were not permanent because you could always respec. The respec cost doubled every time you did it. Okay. But you could but always do it. You could always do it. Yeah, I think it capped at what, 500 gold or something like that? 50 gold it capped up. Oh, okay. okay yeah. no, mind you, gold was a lot harder to come by back then, but... If it you was a lot harder. Like, 50 gold was like 100. 50 gold was like 500 gold in BC, and yeah, it was like... Inflation's a bitch in WoW, seriously. <laughs> Um, Let's talk about global inflation now on that oh segue. But yeah, no. <laughs> I regret this. <laughs> I think that would help. I mean, being able to specialize, being able to feel like, you know, but I can play this specific subclass better than another one. 
that's the whole point of the talent system. It's so that you can specialize the specialization you're in. Mm-hmm. So you can take stuff that not necessarily every other druid or shaman would take. Right. I don't want to be like That's... every other druid or whatever. But again, I wasn't like every other shaman. Half, like, we literally had somebody else who had a shaman main, or at least his healer was a shaman, mm-hmm. and he never took the same talents as me because he always took the ones that were cookie cutter, and I always took whatever the fuck I wanted. And we did the same amount of healing. Hmm. Yeah, getting back to something like that, I think would be better. That was Shadowlands! <laughs> okay. It's not about getting... You're asking for something that is technically already there in regards to the choice of... Mm-hmm. Taking stuff that you think that you that you prefer over the cookie cutter, which is already there, it's already something you can do, right? But you're also asking for essentially a complete redesign of the combat system to make it skill shot based, to make to make it less button button pressing uh MMO and more action based MMO. That's the thing. You are asking for a complete redesign of the combat system. Okay, fine. So, all right, maybe that's not going to fix well because it requires a new game. Um, what would make me? What would make me play well again? Just, just by the game, just the game itself, not taking the company into consideration. Um, I think I, 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 I always like to take, take the, take the. Uh, I always liked the idea of take take the class, not not the player. I always liked class class um, classes being unique. So if they go a little further back into the class uniqueness, um, I think classes are way too homogenized at the minute. Um, I think the story is all over the fucking place. I also hate the fact that if I want to actually be engrossed and enthralled in the story. I have to buy five books and read seven short <laughs> stories out of the game. Um, whereas if I want to be engrossed in the story in Final Fantasy, I play the game. Um, Multimedia! I, woo! Uh, I really think the rating has always been a major strong point for World of Warcraft. And the focus on that has is great, but at the same time, it leaves a lot to be desired in other aspects. PvP always kind of feels like it's just left on the back burner, and hope it does the bet. Hope it hope it survives. He's always I an think, also ran. Yeah, yeah. I always I feel like even Mythic Plus at this point is very meh compared to what it was initially. Uh, Chris, are Final Fantasy jobs too homogenized? I think Final Fantasy jobs can be okay. So, from bear in mind, I am a healer, so all four healers play very differently in regards to their play style. So, I can only go from a major healer standpoint. Um, the healers are completely different from each other. Um, now that doesn't that's that doesn't take away from the fact that there's two pure healers and there's two barrier healers. 
but Astrologian and White Mage, night and fucking day. Completely different playstyle. Astrologian, you need to be able to do like 55,000 55, actions per minute to actually efficiently play an Astrologian. White Mage, you spam glare. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. He's not wrong. I am not wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Gav. Um, it's the and even even amongst the two barrier healers, uh, scholar is the barrier god. Even amongst the two, scholars barriers are big dick barriers, as it were, and fighting mm-hmm. each other constantly. Mm. Uh, whereas the sages are more smaller barriers with a crap ton of burst healing. Right. So I don't think the I don't think they're completely homogenized in fourteen, at least from a healer standpoint. They are mm-hmm. all very unique and very different to each other, and bring different things. I think that's needed baseline. There should be different ways to play the game. There should be different feels to different classes, even if it's action or even if it's um, DPS or healing. LP does bring up a valid. LP play play sage and play scholar. Tell me if they're the same. But he's talking about in a purely mechanical sense. They I'm talking about purely mechanical sense. sense. They function. No, they do don't. No, they want... do not. I mean, what I'm hearing Chris say is he wants to be able to play the game mechanically differently based on the cl- different classes. Play Sage and Scholar. Tell me the tell me the two barrier healers are the exact same. You will you you will not be able to tell me that. I can fucking guarantee it. I can yeah. guarantee it. For starters, I have two base heals. Scholar has one. I'm a white mage. I cast glare. Correct. Yes. Idea like and glare, mage. and that's it. And then I don't use my blood lilies because they are a DPS and healing loss. They are not mechanically Scho- accurate. Scholar LB Scholar has one Scholar has two Let's see, do they have the two shields? And then they oh, have... why, do you, why do you provoke him oh, to get into this discussion? <laughs> So I'm just I'm just count, I'm just working out in my head how scholar and so so if you play scholar scholar focuses primarily on shield and damage mitigation as a barrier healer. They also have their pet who does all of the actual individual pure heal throughputs. Scholar has a good amount of them as well, but they ha- but their pet is where most of their heal throughput heals come from. Um, Sage, I can focus entirely on throughput healing if I wanted to, and not do a single fucking barrier. I also have essentially a discipline priest um, uh, atonement mechanic built into all of my abilities. I also have literally a delete mechanic button. Sage literally has a delete mechanic button. It's ridiculously overpowered, by the way. Um, and uh, actually, Sage State actually Scholar has the most broken uh, cooldown in the game. They have a barrier that has like a fifteen second tick that has an extra tick that's undocumented. 
that has a shit ton of healing and damage reduction with it. I have a yeah, thing I put on the ground that heals people after 15 seconds. Yeah. Or if they run yeah. over it. White mages really got the short end of the stick this expansion. They lost all their mana, their mana abilities. Regen, and yeah. they... Yep. Um, LB does bring up a very good point, though. He is actually correct. You're saying that the WoW classes are homogenized, but the WoW healers, let's just say, stick with the healers definition right now. They all play very differently. There they is all no. Run the like, PR system. Don't they? Well, yes, they all basically run essentially a triage, but I mean, that's no, the, not the, the, the triage that was implemented in Cataclysm. It's all for, followed that same format since then. Yes, but they all play differently. Druid focuses on HOTS. Discipline Priest focuses on dealing damage Fair. and also shielding and yeah. passing healing along through that damage. Uh, Holy Priest focuses on large group healing and mm -hmm. uh, not mitigation, just pure throughput. Uh, Shamans focus on group healing uh, in small chunks, small groups, uh, with a little bit of mitigation and damage thrown in, mixed in. I mean, he's not wrong. Like, the WoW healers do play differently from each other. Out from a mechanical standpoint. I will disagree just because I just just purely because I've never really felt like I as a shaman, I've never really felt like I specialize in anything. I can one one heal a tank to full health. I can I can easily heal a five man group. I can easily heal a 20 man raid. I've never felt like I specialize in this. I am really good at this. They used to back back then, but I don't well, feel like some of the uniqueness has been stripped away. Not that it's that been sounds... homogenized, just some of the uniqueness has been stripped away. It still plays to me. It still plays differently because of how the shamans have strong cooldowns that are group damage mitigation. They 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 have a little bit of a overlap with discipline priests in that their overlap is in group damage mitigation. Priest, uh, discipline priests through barriers and the the larger shields they can drop on people, um, and shamans in spirit link totem and things like that, where they can pass a large amount of uh, mitigation through the rest of the group. But they don't. The holy paladins and holy priests don't have a similar mechanic, and druids don't have a similar mechanic. So it's like I get where LB's coming from here because he is saying that they are mechanically different healers yes some of the some of the uniqueness of each of the individual healers may have been stripped away but they still play very differently i as somebody who played discipline priest and holy priest i don't think i could ease i have tried it actually uh i could not switch over to arresto druid and play efficiently because it is a very different play style where i'm spreading hots and doing less focused healing because I am healing larger groups over I'm healing people over a larger frame of time than oh god I need to hit my burst cooldown which is you mm -hmm. know holy paladin and holy priest it's right. burst cooldown I need to burst heal this person very quickly versus trickle healing the entire group I would not be a good uh holy paladin I've picked up a little bit of I picked up a little bit of but I did have a lot of trouble with holy paladin because the way that their heals worked a gets changed every fucking expansion, and B, they right. their um their shit was uh 
very different depending on which expansion you were talking about. There were some expansions where Holy was just, oh, yeah, I'm very good at healing tanks, and that's it. And there's ones where it's like, oh, yeah, I can just Divine Radiance the entire group for no problem. Um, you know, it, it, I feel like they are mechanically very different overall. Then can we at least can we agree that they can we agree at least on the uniqueness has been taken away? Because I do, I, I honestly feel like a lot because the only the only healer I've ever really struggled to because they, admittedly they do get changed every fucking expansion uh, is Holy Holy Paladin. The other ones I can jump between no problem. There's all the fucking I, I sure as hell can't. But yes, there is there is I will say that there is a lot more overlap to the WoW healers than the 14 healers, but I do feel like they do have a very unique identity amongst themselves. The, it, now, if you drill down to absolute brass tacks, yes, they are all cooldown healers. They're all cooldown based. Because every single bit of power you have is locked behind some large cooldown you've got. Uh, Druid, Tree of Life back in the day, um... Frickin' holy priests is the is the holy word. Incarnation, incarnation tree is so fucking good. Um, holy priests have always been well. Once they changed into the holy word system, it was locked behind your various holy words and your apotheosis and that kind of shit. Um, those various yeah. cooldowns. Yes, wow, healers are very focused on a lot of their power coming out of their big burst cooldowns, but they all feel like, to me, to have had a unique thing associated with them that they excelled at versus everybody else. Like, there is no other shield healer. It is just Discipline Priests. Right. To me, though, that just personally, it might just be a personal thing. Discipline just feels like the only one that's relatively unique, because it is the standalone. Uh, Resto Druid passing hots along and then consuming those hots in uh, creative ways, shifting those around, shifting your life bloom. Uh, when do you use swift bend? When do you use rejuvenate? When do you use regrowth? That kind of stuff. It's, it's a unique play style versus the other ones. Um, you know, uh, monks, uh, it's a lot of punching. Can we, get, can we get fest weaving back, please? You had fist weaving for a while and, you know, so it was a and damage. And then took it away again. Play. And it was a damage-based healing spec, but it was a melee damage healing spec. Um, uh, paladins for a while were shock healers. They they got into an enemy, they got into a mob's face, hit it, and then they healed people around them for the damage that they were dealing, kind of stuff. So it's yes, they they have small bits of overlap in sort of like an overarching uh, play style, but each of them, to me, played very differently. Maybe I'm just jaded. It's possible. I think that honestly, I, think... The, I, I jump between I jump between a holy priest and a shaman and a monk, and they all feel the same. Put your shit up and AOE spam. I was a I was a very and okay. So fourteen does the exact same thing though. As a white at least mate, with, at least with Astro, I can fucking actually put up cards and buff my allies. But then you're just using, and a it's completely different. And it's also it's also very mythic. Mythic rating is very different. Uh, sorry, sorry. 
dungeons and savage raiding are very different as well. You, yes, you're no, one hundred percent. Comparing savage, comparing dungeon runs where you just wall a wall and the AOE spam, very different I, to I what never, you actually do in savage. I never did the same things I did in five mans as I did in mythic dun mythic uh, raiding or hard mode. You know, twenty five man. That was never something I did. I always played differently. So it's 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 you're you're talking like everything you do in a five man is exactly the same thing you do in a uh, in a mythic in a mythic uh, rating environment or a high end rating environment. It's not. You play very differently. Different specs completely. I use the same spec for everything. <laughs> You've solved it, and you're better than I am. <laughs> I literally, honestly, on my shaman, I use the same spec on. Well, again, we've we've talked about shamans being a little funny comparatively already, but um, I know that uh, Holy Paladin uses a different set of talents for five man content versus raid content. Uh, I know Holy Paladins use a different set of talents. I feel like we've made the point. (laughs) Like we want to be able to play differently. We want we want there to be different and you unique ways to play the game i'm yeah, assuming that i, I can accept that i might just be super jaded i can completely accept that i might just be super jaded our um, short show is now over two hours by the way yep uh so i think that we've kind of gone through what we needed to talk about here um, I think that there's a lot more meat on this bone that we could go through, but we don't mm-hmm. need to right now. Um, we didn't even get time. to we didn't even get to the backup topic that we had prepared just in case we didn't have anything to talk about. So that's good. I'll take it. I have a final thought for that uh, discussion. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kevin. Give me your final thought. My give it to him, Kevin. So. I think I think the theme of the final thoughts today should be give me like a short phrase on how you how you want to fix WoW. So my fix my fix Fix for WoW for this expansion is um let me see. I want to be able to play my character in a unique way. I want to be able to play my character in a unique way and like find things that make me a unique character in that particular class that I want to play. So if I want to play the healer, then I want to be able to play that in a unique way and kind of tailored to how I want to play the game. You can play with me in a unique way. You don't need to shit on my opinion or talk I'm over not me. Shitting, I'm not <laughs> shitting on your opinion, Kevin. I am not. I just was trying to fucking destroy Chris right there. No, I think that I think that finding a unique being able to play a unique way is important. I think that is very important because that is engaging. Right. Too much of wow is yes, too much of wow is very much just like, oh hey, press button. Hello. Press number button goes small in this press order. Button. So numbers number are highest. Small. As a healer, number gets small, press button. Mm-hmm. it's just yeah, yeah. And yes i feel like there is there is a you lot do. of design space that is that is possible that has been kind of ignored so i'm curious to see what we can see in the future yeah that's my final thought so yes kevin i am not not uh i'm not uh it was, not shitting shitting your opinion. It was, it was literally trying to break me and he fucking succeeded and i hated him for it <laughs> But you did have a very you did have a very valid point, and I think it's definitely something that we could uh, I would like to explore 
in the future. Yeah, I want to expand on this topic for another for another yeah. week because there's, there's well, maybe we play WoW and then have feedback, and then we can further maybe fix it. <laughs> maybe I sit down and play Dragonflight Alpha today and see what's going on. Sure, I will when I get it. <laughs> yeah, um, Chris, do you have any final thoughts? Um, I had a final thought, and then you broke me. Um, come back to me. I'll break you. Thanks, Daddy. <laughs> um, my final thought is, uh, I think that as a genre, for the most part, the MMO, MMO, what we can, what we call MMOs, these these large multiplayer RPGs, um, have stagnated as a whole in their mechanical development and the and what uh, what constitutes the core baseline of the game. Um, because for a very long time, it was down to a single player in the market, you know? Yep. I think that 14 has done some very good things and has brought a lot of, uh, a lot of opportunity to expand and possibly opened up some very good design space that I would like to see other developers play in. I am worried, though, that we are seeing the twilight years of the mmorpg though i might be wrong i might be right i hope that the following generations get an opportunity to experience it i am getting too old for this shit so uh yeah christopher um no i can't remember my final thought uh let's see uh when it comes to wow i honestly think a lot of us want the game to succeed and get better regardless of what you think of the company because let's be honest at the end of the day competition in this kind of market is a good thing yeah the last thing we want is the whatever game you you just you think or deem as the current best top end mmo my opinion it's 14 the last thing we want is for those developers to get complacent we want competition in this market. We want people to continue to push and be and make the best games that they they can and want to make and be passionate about it. So, my biggest hope and my genuine want for WoW is that the developers find that passion again and listen to their community, the people who play the game and the people who want the game to do to to be good and to do well, and just work their hardest to try and make a good game. I can, I yep. can, I can, I can stand behind that. So, but... All right. Uh, anybody else got anything that they would like to add for sure. we end the show? I do. I, I think what Gavril said really made me think in a different way about this. And maybe we have reached that point where there has been a stagnant developer on an MMO and you know that being blizzard and wow and we need to we haven't had anyone like well we've had a lot of people try in terms of new games coming in but like no one has really hit the same level of success well has with M- an mmo rpg and no one will no one ever will yeah no one ever wow had 13 million subscribers in its peak no one will ever hit that again yeah and maybe it's time to try something different Maybe this 
maybe this genre and this format needs to die and something new take its place rip real time strategy <laughs> sorry sorry hey it out. laid way for the mo it laid way for the moba oh yay I mean, they're bringing back <laughs> real-time strategy in Yay. that new company by the people that used to work at Blizzard. Gav, you just need, yeah, Gav, you just need to accept. RTS had to die so the MOBA could live. I feel like that, that calculus is a bit fucked up, and yes. I think it was a mistake, <laughs> and that uh, we should go back in time and fix that. This is not a childbirth like in the 1700s, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I like League. <laughs> that is going to be our show for this week, folks. To talk to us during the week, you can find us on Twitter. The show is at Coast to Coast to EU. Kevin is at Swing Cat. That is with AK. Chris is at Akari underscore Lich, L I C H. I, of course, am at Gavril underscore ET. That is two I's and one L. Neth is at Neth Winch. Uh, send emails to feedback at tctceu.com. We'd love to hear from you. Remember that's tctceu.com. Join us live on Saturdays where we record and stream the show here on twitch.tv slash ctceu. Note that ctceu. For links to today's show, you can and for our Discord, you can visit the website at tctceu.com. I really just need to switch those around so the TCTCs are all together and the CT is separate. Um, <laughs> shoot us a review, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, however it is that you get uh, your our words in your in your audio ports. Um, say mechanically unique gameplay loop, boys and girls. Mechanically unique gameplay loop boobies that's the show bye <laughs>